the seeding stuff, like Michigan mm-hmm. somehow getting yeah, an 11 seed with a 17 and 14 record. You're not going to do that on the fly. They got in. I mean, and that's that's all TV money. That's all that is. Oh yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely the brand. It's just it's funny because like I feel like Rutgers team, right? got a little. They're what? playing team tomorrow, right? No, no. They got they got an 11 seed. They 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 were they weren't even considered last well, four in. Well, but playing. They, I mean, there's 11s in the plan. No, but Michigan is not one yeah. of them. It is okay. Indiana and Wyoming, Rutgers and Notre Dame. And Well, there's two more tomorrow. The other, right? Well, but the other two are 16 seed matchups. Okay. So Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi played today. And Wright State and I can't remember the name, Bryant yeah. are the two that are playing. And I, I this, this was the other Twitter argument that I was just like, man, I just don't even want to bother with this conversation. You shouldn't. Because I, I think it sucks for mid-majors to accept a payoff because it's basically you're accepting a payoff and it's good for your school in the conference that you get to go to Dayton and get like X million dollars that you would have gotten anyway at the NCAA tournament, but they take the privilege away uh, of those schools that win their conference tournament to, to like go, like they're going to go to get thumped by somebody, at least give them the trip to wherever the fuck they're going to get thumped. Instead of Dayton doesn't have air conditioning. Yeah. I I've I've long felt that you win your like like all the all the first four teams should be at large, should not be conference Absolutely. champions at large. Yeah, I just don't at think at large bids. I think that it should literally be like the last eight in. Is and, who the first? And four I think they're be. I think they're clever. Like I think they're clever with what they do with those first four because they they're put clever. Indiana in. They're clever with a lot of their matchups. Like oh yeah. No, yeah. There's no yeah. way. There's no accidents. As much as, and this was an argument Platt and I had with Tony, not on the show, but um, mm-hmm. one other time. Because he was like, they, they don't set up storylines. I was like, that is horseshit. I was like, because I can tell you that any time the, if the if the NCAA can put Illinois versus a former coach of theirs or yeah. vice versa, they do it. Yeah, it's it's they or, do it all the time. They'll put in-state rivals against each other from separate conferences. They'll set last, up last year. They'll set up second Illinois and third Illinois round matchups. Time. Like, had had UMBC made the tournament the year after they beat UVA in the first round, they would have somehow set them up to play each other again. Like, it's just what they oh. do because at the end of the day, just like everything else, and, and people hate the word. You need a narrative. It's no, not that that that's true as well, and and you need a narrative for what I'm about to say. It's a business. It's about ratings. Right. It's about money. Can you? It's. Sure. College sports, mainly football and basketball, are athletic compet are are big money businesses under the guise of athletic right. competition. Of amateurism. Yeah, right. amateurism. And that's why I have no problem with the NIL stuff, because you're gonna make billions of dollars off these athletes, you might as well pay them for it. So I uh Yeah, I absolutely I agree. It. I get that. So Miranda Morales is having some technical difficulties. So we're gonna let her work on that and and, and we're, we're just gonna, gonna keep starting the show we're going to keep keep the pre-show banter going and and start the show which is unfortunate for her based on the opening topic here but maybe as things get going and maybe we even shift and and do that topic second she joined she joined the call she joined the call well there we go well she's joined but we'll let her load as she listens to the show opening with everybody else oh phoenix (laughs) hey yo
Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Pastor Down. The straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Randy Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. It is a beautiful Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning for those of you listening at home. Greg DeMarco show. Greg DeMarco, Patrick O'Dowd, maybe Miranda Morales. Like I see her initials in the corner. I pause to see if she speaks. Technical difficulties. Um, I, I, I was going to wait my turn till I usually do the thing wow. where you say, hey, and then we're here, and then blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you want to. Ruin it. That's fine too. I, apparently, oh. I ruined something. I don't even know what I ruined. Somebody's salty. Down. Why is it so salty? <laughs> yeah. Why is there, is 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 the key to your technical issues your camera being off? Uh no, that's just a personal choice right now. Uh, because <laughs> okay. I'm I'm rec- I'm recording from my phone, and so literally, if I were to do this, I'd have to figure out like this is just. You know, like we're facing. Oh yeah, you got you got to be careful. You got to be careful with that. I I uh, I struggled with that. Struggle yeah. was real. We had an episode yeah. that was just Patrick yeah. and I with the phone, and it kept falling over. It was good stuff. And you got to get like a nice solid yeah. stand. Yeah. Of some yeah, sort. Yeah, I, I don't. And all I have oh, is these uh, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkeys. They don't they don't really work so great. I actually may have gotten something. Hold on. Oh, oh. Patrick said the magic word. Late blaking late blaking. Late breaking development. Hey, look at that. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. We're good now. Should've, you know, I hindsight being everything, I should have swiped the kid's Nintendo Switch stand. There you go. Because he's got one of those little pop up like right. you know, great ideas a month later. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll it see. happens, and and then the technology will change as as would normally happen. Mm-hmm. Everything works perfectly for the hashtag Miranda show. This is how these things work. So, yeah, uh, this is that's just God's telling you that right. the, how important the hashtag Miranda so show is. So before we jump into the topics that we have for the show, one should be obvious to everybody. One everyone knows because I texted them about it. Um, we all sit here right now. This Tuesday evening, and even when Wednesday when it airs, and all three of us are represented in the NCAA basketball tournament. We are all part of March Madness. We have the two seated, right? The two seater or one seed? The Arizona Wildcats. I think they're a two seed. Number one seed. One, baby. One okay. Were they the overall number two? Is that what it was? 
Yes. Yeah. Gonzaga was the overall number one. Yes. And we will all get Gonzaga again, I'm sure. And the 11-seeded Virginia Tech Hokies, probably going to pull the first-round upset. They match up very well against Texas. I'm excited about that. I saw an analyst literally say you could have flip-flopped the two teams and no one would have complained. That <laughs> Tech being a six because they're hot coming out of the ACC tournament. Right, they're playing really which they well won. Right And the first two teams that we mentioned also champions of their respective conference tournaments. And then we have the Fighting Illini. No, that's Notre Dame. We have, no, what are you guys? Just what, what, Illini. You're Illini too. University of Illinois. Yeah, fighting Illinois. Irish is Notre fighting. Dame. There's too many fighting. The fighting yes. Irish, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, the, the, the Illini of Illinois, Patrick O'Dowd, not your conference tournament champions, but could all, could all still go down in history. We'll see. They, 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 they were the regular season tournament champion. Like they, it was a co-championship with the most fortunate team in basketball, the Wisconsin Badgers. But, uh, sadly, I think my team gets as far as the sweet 16 where they will likely lose to the university of Arizona. So it's already happened once this season. Uh, and I see it happening a second time. Uh, but hell there three years ago, Illinois didn't make tournaments, right? Like we, we were a bubble team at best. And so this is the best run of success the school's had since the 2005 season. And I mean, Good on your Hokies, by the way. Number like, seven seed in the ACC tournament. A yeah, lot of people had him as, as part of the second four out, not even the first four out. So, right. And that's in an expanded yeah, they field. Yeah, they were, they were a bid stealer. Yeah, they were a bid mm-hmm. stealer. Um, I'm, more, I'm more incensed about what we were talking about before we started the show with some of the, some of the placements of teams and where they yeah. ended up. Like, I don't, I don't think Rutgers deserves we, to be playing in a playing game we don't tomorrow. Care. We don't. No, care. no, no. And analysis is important. Not on a wrestling podcast. Break it down. Not on a really? wrestling. Really? Have podcast. you listened to our wrestling podcast and how little we talk about wrestling sometimes? We have the past yeah, few weeks that have been. Really, you too. get great feedback when we don't talk about wrestling. I've gotten great feedback the past two weeks. Wrestling's all we talked about. Well, I mean, you made well. well you made what's his name happy? I guess. I don't know. I didn't get feedback from him. So yeah. we'll I see. Don't know. Derek, I forget. I don't know names anymore. It's, it's Keith. Kyle. Watch out for Keith. Keith. Watch out for Keith. I got to find that soundbite. I'm not going to spend time looking for soundbites, but what we are going to do now that we're a good 10 plus minutes into the show, let's do the usual and 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 get in a t-shirt commercial or so um, and then come talk about it. We got two great topics to talk about today. I'm very excited about them. Of course, this is the Greg DeMarco Show. Greg DeMarco, Patrick O'Dowd, Miranda Morales. We are part of the ChairShot Radio Network, streaming on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Listen on all of your favorite streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, so many more. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, leave us a five-star review, tell a friend, be part of the conversation. Have lots of fun. It's uh, it's what we're all about here on the program. So uh, be a part of it all, and and you know follow on social media. We'll get to all that stuff later in the show. Um, yeah, you know it's time to to well, it's time for it's time. But I I I, I don't remember. There's something I have to do to get from point A to point B, and I don't remember what it is. 
Miranda might know what it is. What Wait, I have to do. So it's time for it's time, but is yeah. it? But not quite yet. Time until I say it's time. Well, you don't say it's time. You say something else that causes me to play it's time. Yes, that is also true. Yes. Uh, well, I, I think now it's time to tell you it's time to wind it up. Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own chair shot t-shirt today. And you know what? Usually I'm looking at this on my phone, but right now I'm on my computer. It's craziness right now. Uh, the bizarro world. One thing's here, another thing's there. But what I mean to tell you is that you can use your phone or your computer to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to view all of the amazing shirts that are available there. That includes the new Nefarious Means t-shirt, as well as the official unofficial t-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, hashtag save tag team wrestling, the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt, and everybody hates Greg, so why don't you go visit ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to see all of the t-shirts that are there, like the OG chair shot logo, multiple always use your head shirts, the chair shot Corona shirt, Baron Corbin sucks, and much, much more. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you can get any t-shirt starting at what? $19.99. And then you can customize it by ordering it in different colors and Styles, you know what that means. You can get your T-shirt in soft style. Celebrate your day, your week, your life right by getting a T-shirt in soft style. So, well, what are you waiting for? It's there. Your phone, your computer, your tablet. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your T-shirt today. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. If you asked Razor how he was doing, the standard response was better than you, Chico. I learned that when I stepped through that curtain that I could have a relationship as a performer with an audience. And it was a powerful thing to me, whether I was the hated villain or the beloved hero. And that was something that I've always treasured. So thank you 
to all the wrestling fans here. And all the fans watching around the world. In my lifetime, I've learned Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Of course, what you just heard comes from the 2014 Hall of Fame induction of Scott Hall known to many, at least initially when they fell in love with the performer of Scott Hall as Razor Ramon during his initial run in WWE. Of course, he had a big-time four-year run in WWE, four-time Intercontinental Champion, famous, infamous for his character, famous, of course, for his ladder matches with Shawn Michaels, and so much more. Left, went to WCW, was one of the founding members of the NWO and, and his iconic you know, survey time that he would do with the fans uh, and, and you know, had his ups, had his downs. A lot of that's been well chronicled. And, and here we stand in 2022, um, had a hip surgery and, and due to complications from his hip surgery, had three separate cardiac arrests, heart attacks, ended up on life support. And on Monday, uh, that plug was pulled and, and he fought for a few hours and then did ultimately pass away. Scott Hall, no longer with us, but one of the most beloved, one of the most respected, and and really one of the most influential performers in pro wrestling history. And, and thankfully, I guess, not just now getting his due because he passed away. His due has been coming his way for quite some time now, um, especially since his Hall of Fame induction and beyond. Miranda, I want to let you start because you, of course, came up through the Attitude Era and and one of the big performers you would have seen, of course, is Razor Ramon and then Scott Hall. Um, really just thoughts in general on the career, the passing, wherever you want to go with, uh, with, with wrestling's greatest bad guy, Scott Hall. Yeah. Um, so the very first wrestling program that I honestly recall seeing as a kid was actually Monday Nitro. Um, I, I though, will, you know, claim the Attitude Era as my wrestling period. Honestly, the first memory that I have was watching Nitro. And one of the first things that got me hooked on Nitro was the NWO. Um, and at this point, you know, the NWO had, had grown and flourished. And so retroactively looking back at the history of it was seeing Scott Hall and Kevin Nash as the outsiders and that impact that it had. And it wasn't it's one of those things, as you mentioned, Greg, too, you know, even though when someone passes, they get kind of that due. Um, and, and even though it's very 
you know, justified for Scott Hall is one of those things that I, you know, work my way backwards with wrestlers. A lot of people work their way forwards. I have to work my way backwards and learn more about them. And so in learning more about the history and and beginning of the NWO and, and Scott's involvement and then going into his WWF career, it was, you know, captivating to learn and see the evolution of this person and how they made a character like Razor Ramon be so cool when in theory it's fairly hokey. And, you know, and, and it was a very blatant Scarface ripoff, but he made it look cool. And that's an incredibly, takes an incredibly gifted person, dedicated person to do that. And you add your own spin and flair to it. And how that evolved into, you know, what we saw with Scott Hall um, uh, as, as part of the Outsiders in the NWO. And I just remember someone who was just so easygoing, cool, but also someone who was, you know, could get on your nerves, the exact aspect of a heel. And I don't think there would be as many cool heels or even cool wrestlers today if it wasn't for Scott Hall. He just made it look so effortless and it was entertaining as all hell. Like I just, everything that he did just was with, looked like with ease, but very intentional. And I've always, always admired that about him. And I think with a lot of people who are reflecting on the news, it's a piece of your childhood, your youth that goes with that. You know, as we grow up, there's moments where you, we're constantly reminded of how we're adults. We're constantly reminded of bills that we have to pay and things we have to do. But it's those memories that we have as kids, especially watching wrestling, that I think when we lose someone like Scott Hall, a piece of that youth, you know, that reminder that we're adults kind of goes away because we no longer have that person that we associate so much of happy times with. And it's, it's, it hits hard. It's for so many fans, but for me, 10 year old me is, you know, there's not only just super sad, but also kind of gone with that too. So Scott Hall is partly responsible for the first time I came back to watching professional wrestling because Razor Ramon, the Razor Ramon character in the WWE came along in the nineties when I was kind of outgrowing what, like, at least in my mind, like I was kind of done with pro wrestling for a while. Like Hulk Hogan disappeared. That was really like as a child of the eighties and, and rock and wrestling and the and the transition that was happening with some of these new characters. I liked the Razor Ramon character, but what the WWE was putting out there was starting to kind of lose its magic for me. And it wasn't until I was living in a dorm in college when you started to hear about really it was Hulk Hogan first, like because that was the name. Hulk Hogan's a bad guy now. And I was like, oh, really? Well, where what what happened and a guy that lived on my floor shared he used to he had videos of everything like he taped every nitro and kept them and he loaned me like he loaned me the 
the copy of Nitro where Scott Hall interrupts Mike Enos and whoever he was beating up. I can't ever remember who Mike Enos was wrestling. And that was, yeah, I don't remember. I remember Mike Enos. I distinctly remember Mike Enos on one side of the ring. But it was, it was, that wasn't the point. The match was a throwaway match. Like, you're like, when you're watching, you're like, oh, look how shitty WCW is. They have Mike Enos in a featured match on Nitro. Like, that's what you're watching. And then you're like, oh, Scott Hall, like, or at the time, Razor Ramon to most people just showed up in the middle of a match, interrupted it, dropped a line or two, and then left. And people were then left. Like, Nitro had its hook and, that kicked off, you know, the biggest, the biggest story in wrestling for a year and a half, for for you know from '96 all of you know half of '96 all of '97, and into '98 when it started to fall, you know, started to take a turn for various reasons. Scott Hall was a big part of that, and and he was you know, and I can I can remember him back in his AWA days when he tagged with Kurt Henning, he wrestled in the NWA. Like I, I shared this on another show. Like I remember Scott Hall when he had brown curly hair and a handlebar esque musket handlebar esque mustache and was running a cowboy gimmick basically. Like a tough guy cowboy looking gimmick. And then it was Scott Hall and Kurt Henning as the AWA tag, you know, chasing the tag titles for a while. Back in around eighty six, eighty seven, somewhere in there. Um, I didn't see him as the diamond stud and, and then saw him come back as Razor Ramon. You know, clean shaven with the toothpick, and as you talked about, Brandon doing the scar piercing, and you know, not only that, but you know, you hear about how much he influenced other wrestlers. Um, you know, I think everybody you know knows the Sting story, uh, and if you don't, like Sting and a lot of other folks credit Scott Hall with coming up with the crow gimmick look and all and all of that. Uh, and by most accounts, when when Scott Hall was right. He was he was a brilliant mind. And I think what's particularly gutting for me is, you know, and I'll steal this from Christopher Platt. If you'd have told me 15 years ago that Scott Hall would make it to 63, like that in itself was a, was an accomplishment. And, and so for him to to pass the way that he did was just stunning. And you know, like on some level, it's heartbreaking, like, you know, complications from a surgery uh, just isn't it just isn't the way you expect anybody to go. But and for me, just really not him that like he had he'd overcome so much and uh, he had he had really turned his life around. He was in such a better place and hip surgery, like hip replacement surgery is is. is like it was just it was gutting because it's something that I think everybody just views as such a normal thing. Like, yeah, there's a risk involved, but it's a normal, it's a relatively routine thing. And um that that's that hurts. Like that's that's what hurts. And I think that this is probably the most impacted I've been over over somebody from professional wrestling passing since Bobby Heenan. Like and and Heenan for different reasons. Heenan was like my fucking hero. Um, uh, and, and Scott Hall, he, he was just, he was, he was so cool and he was so good at what he did. And he never, he never needed a title. Like he never needed a world title to be over. Um, and you just, you wanted, he rooted for the guy when he was trying to pull his life back together. And, and when he did it, it was such a great thing. 
and so it just is that's that's hard it's a, it's a hard one to swallow you know 24 hours later you know when he uh uh to go on with the world title thing i when when we would make lists and everything he was always on that top five or Mount Rushmore of people who never won a world title. And in my fandom, I would say, you know, top 10 uh, favorite, you know, in, in the top 10 of favorite wrestlers of all time. And always has been. So many people will come out now and be like, Scott Hall was one of the top five favorite wrestlers. And a month ago, they wouldn't have said that. And, and that's, you know, whatever. It's, he probably deserved that praise before you were giving it to him. I, there's not a lot I can add on the wrestling side of things on top of what you guys have said. Um, but I do have a few things to talk about. Number one, whenever a wrestler passes away, of course, you get all the social media posts, right? It's a picture that somebody had with that person. A lot of it's clout chasing, but I saw somebody post a story. And I'm not going to say who it is, mainly because I don't remember. But I could easily find out if I wanted to. Um, that they, they were running like an indie circuit and Scott Hall was appearing. And, you know, loosely planned, not not too many plans. The person ended up riding like traveling with scott hall i think they were driving and scott hall was and they told the story about how they went to the first meal they were eating whatever um nothing too fancy or whatever and scott hall you know picks up the check and and the guy's like you know what and and they must have eaten like six seven meals during this time frame a couple different cities and scott hall paid for everything and and would never even and never said no, you can't pay whatever. Just always was making sure he got the check and paying for it and all that. And, you know, and, and this person um, was driving around and there was never a conversation about it. There was never any, it was just assumed and, and happened that way. And Scott Hall just took that, took that initiative and, and, and made that happen. It's kind of like when a, a major leaguer goes down to the minors and they buy like new TVs for the locker or something like that. Like it's just Scott Hall taking care of that. And you hear so many stories of people who, uh, got advice from Scott Hall, and and I saw somebody else post. Uh, they worked an indie show, and Scott Hall was there, and they went out and cut a promo, and and people were hanging out after the event, like at a bar or something. And Scott Hall, Scott Hall asked the person, like, "Hey, you know, would you like some advice?" Like Scott Hall had to ask somebody if he could give him advice, and and the advice was like, "Was you did too much? You said too much during your promo. Like you should have said less. You should have." Of, of made them, you know, you should have made them, you don't have to do it all. He's like, you might, you can think of all these great things to say. You don't actually have to say all of them. You might have all these great moves you can do in a match. You don't have to do all of them. He's like the biggest, and he said, the biggest key is you got to make them happy, but also make them wanting more, leave them wanting more. And we've talked about, you know, how when we, when we talk, when we do the IZW wrap up shows, I always talk about that, right? Two big goals I have for an IZW show satisfy the fans make them you know leave wanting more that's why they come back and scott hall just gets it man he always got it you know i think he pitched the the scarface character in in wwe and, and made it work and you know that would a lot of people credit vince with the razor remote character and it's not at all it was all scott hall um and the diamond stud was a lot of that too i mean obviously it was a character that scott hall wanted to play uh because the diamond stud had those uh, undertones to it in WCW, but obviously didn't work out. And of course, his career in the WWF, WWE took off from there. Um, and then, of course, we get to the Hall of Fame speech and, and the famous quote that, again, thankfully, was famous before he passed away. People have been quoting this for years, since 2014. So it's not like this suddenly came up. It's It's been going around for eight years. And, and you know, 
But obviously, it's a famous quote, and we're going to see it more now as we go through the Hall of Fame. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. On my, I, I did like a, a one of my weekly wake up call podcast that I do off off the Substack newsletter, um, and I talked about that quote, and I talked about everything, and and I don't even know what direction this is going to go in, but there's like four different quotes that I keep with me. Um, one of them, ironically enough, as you two would know why this is ironic, is a Bible verse, but um, but it's it's uh, and and ones from from Jim Valvano of all people from years ago, which I had on you know recorded on a VCR tape, VHS tape, so that I can tell you that. But this is one of them as well, and and it's tough for me because that you know bad times don't last, but bad guys do was uh, a, something to hold on to. It was something to hang on to because when you're dealing with something like an incurable disease, you're going to grasp at anything you can grasp at. And and that quote was one of the things that I would grasp at at times. The fourth one that I was forgetting is is the I can, I will from, from Roman Reigns. Um, who, of course, most people should know by now has the exact, I have the exact same thing he has. So... Um, so it hit me a little bit differently when I realized, you know, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Well, the bad guy didn't. And, and that's, that's tough. That's real hard. Um, but it's just a shift because the bad guy does last. Look at all the conversations we're having now. And, and even the conversations people had about Scott Hall that he, that he wasn't there for, that he knows nothing about. Not like he listens to all these podcasts and hears them. If you go back, there's an episode of 83 Weeks that he's on, and he's talking to Bischoff and Conrad, and then just kind of pieces out on his own. <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, I got to go, like, on air. Um, and, and just, you know, it wasn't anything to him as much as it was to Eric Conrad and the listeners. Um, but for me, bad guys do becomes that... That legacy, like you can't live your life trying to cling. Um, the, 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 you know, there's only two things that are guaranteed to happen in our lives. That's birth and death. You know, even people say death and taxes, but we all know by now you can cheat on one of those. Um, many people do and get away with it. It's, you know, when, when the bad guys do suddenly changes. And, and I had to shift that perspective myself because now it's, it's what you leave behind and, and where you go. Um, and, and when you get certain things, and I'm sure Patrick went through this when, when he was diagnosed with diabetes, because I know you've said the quote on occasion, it'll probably kill me someday. Like you've said that, um, your perspective shifts because it's like, what is that? What does that mean now? Now the bad guy's gone. What is it? And it's, it's, you know, what do you leave behind? How are you remembered? How, how are you, what does your fight look like? You know, Scott Hall was the ultimate comeback story. People loved Scott Hall and he came back and he turned his life around and we all know about stuff with, with DDP and, and so much else. And, and here he is. And of course, none of that's what takes him away. Now, maybe the damage done to his body impacted how his body reacted to the surgery. Who know? We'll never know that kind of stuff. But he lived a life 
on the edge at times, but all those things you hear about, the advice he gave people. Um, I know I, I read a story from somebody that when they were in NXT, and I don't remember who it was, but Scott Hall was there. You know, a lot of times talent would come through, and they basically begged. It was and, and the wrestler who begged was Johnny Gargano, begged them to do a film study on the ladder matches because Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall were there. And so they basically got to listen, they got to watch the ladder matches with Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall and listen to them talk about the ladder matches. Imagine if that were filmed for the WWE Network. Imagine watching that, like, you know, just would be blown away, just completely blown away. Um, but it, it's, it's that impact, that lasting impact, and that's what I take from this. Like, I love Scott Hall as a performer. Razor Ramon is, is from that era that, that you know, early to mid 90s WWF he was not a cartoon character he was taking us out of that in a lot of ways and you know even people came before him like a Yokozuna was really a cartoon character if you think about it even though there was a violence there was whatever but there was nothing cartoon about Razor Ramon he was the exact opposite I thought the name was dumb when he debuted like I didn't like you know that was to me like if Sweet Stan became a singles wrestler and just wrestled as Sweet Stan like Razor Ramon but it quickly transcended any thought of the name being dumb that I had because it became iconic for me and for everybody. And it's just huge. And now to where we are today, like, I'm just glad we're smart enough to celebrate. And I'm glad that it wasn't demons and it wasn't anything like that that took Scott Hall from us. So we're not focusing on that. We, do we need to focus on those things? Of course we do. But I'm glad that at this time—remember when Eddie Guerrero passed away, like— so much focus and attention was paid to the wrong things because of the mystery behind it all. Same with a Chris Benoit, he who shall not be named, as people like to say on podcasts, right? None of what Scott Hall did tarnish his reputation, and how he left us doesn't tarnish his reputation. It enhances it because, you know, and I remember when he was taking off life support, and you see posts and people talking about the bad guys do— the bad guy was for a little bit. Like some people thought he might turn around and be okay. And obviously he wasn't. And, and that's typically what happens when you take somebody off life support. But it's, and, and I guess I'm at that phase of my life where I get influenced by things like wrestlers, like things outside of wrestling. And it's easily applicable to real life, even though this is the furthest thing from real life. We're literally sitting here on Skype recording a podcast about wrestling lucky to do so and and yet we're talking about how scott hall has influenced the sport we love the business we love and and the people that we love and and how we're all get to talk about it and, and the impact that he's had um he's an iconic figure and i have a feeling you know we still see pictures of andre and we still see you know the the infamous andre has a posse drawing that was out there and you see a lot of that and I think that image of Scott Hall and the, and the bad times don't last, bad guys do, it's going to be popping up everywhere forever, a lot more frequently. Like, I don't think it's going to go away. Um, I think it's a permanent change now in our regular daily wrestling vernacular. Like, just, just like, you know, to the level of Randy Savage. You see Randy Savage stuff all the time. He's an iconic figure to many people who don't even know about his wrestling career. And I could see the same thing happening to Scott Hall. And deservedly so. He deserves to go down in the annals of history and be remembered just as much as somebody who was an 11-time world champion. Because had he come up during that era, he would have been an 11-time world champion. That's how talented he was. That's how good he was. He changed the business in so many ways. If it wasn't for Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, 
that's what caused WWE to go to downside guarantees. And and now, you know, 20 years later, it's, you know, three and four and five million dollar contracts. Now, the business has changed, but that's what started paving the road was those guys going to WCW. The NWO, I talk on, you know, mainly on the hashtag Miranda show and, of course, privately, you know, I use a group of wrestlers called Lights, Camera, Faction, right? I've never had the conversation with them, but you can't tell me what they do isn't influenced by the NWO. They are cool heels. When I booked Lights, Camera, Action for the first time in November of last year, I literally had fans thanking me for finally bringing them in because they fit so well into what we do in IZW and people love them and they're bad guys and people love them. And to, and what usually happens to bad guys that people love is they become mega baby faces. And so did Razor Ramon. He was a baby face at time in those famous ladder matches. He was the good guy, right? He, he was that. And I love in the, in that the, the snippet of the hall of fame speech that I played, he talked about, you know, the, the, the hated villain and, and the beloved hero. Like he used the villain and hero phrase, not the baby face and heel, because he got it. He was speaking publicly about wrestling and he didn't use the insider jargon. Like he just got it in so many levels and he was so influential. And um, I hope he knows. I have a feeling he does, but I hope he knew the influence and impact he had on the wrestling business because it's tremendous. It really is. Um, whereas like I bet, you know, a Macho Man Randy Savage didn't ha- didn't know the impact he had on the wrestling business as much as he does today, um, and I and I believe that Scott Hall does thanks to you know podcasts and conventions and appearances and all that stuff. So and and working at the Performance Center as a guest trainer and everything else. So um, I don't you know we can talk and go back and forth forever about Scott Hall moments, whatever. There are millions of podcasts are going to do that, but any final thoughts, parting words, things that that you'll be left with with the passing of Scott Hall before we actually talk about an in-ring wrestling topic here in here in a moment. Um, Patrick, we'll let you go first this time. And there doesn't have to be anything. Uh, but if there is, now's the time. No, I think um, I, well, I've talked about him twice today already on, on podcasts. And I think I've said just about all that I need to. Miranda? And just to your point, Greg, about how words resonate with people and how sometimes they resonate with us in some of the most challenging times um, in our lives. And I would be lying if I didn't say I've literally repeated that line to myself. Bad times don't last um, because I've needed that. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing when you have a moment like that where you're celebrating your career something that you've dedicated so much time you sacrificed for and get to bring all of that together and it is one of those very interesting things almost in relevance like the ultimate warrior speech on monday night raw after um his um induction And again, that was another terrible situation of someone who had, you know, climbed back up to, you know, a a great place in life and was having their career celebrated. And then that gets cut, you know, so short, but it's the words and how people make us feel. And that leaves such a lasting impression and memory. 
And, uh, you know, I, it's just, it's just crazy to think that, you know, in a moment, it may not mean so much, but further down the line, for one reason or another, you know, it all, it all kind of comes back to you in ways that you never truly imagined. And I think that speech and even just all the memories, you know, that it comes back to us in a wave. Um, and as much of it, of it is sad, it's also a beautiful thing um, in human nature to have so many people connected and touched by the same person in the same words. Yeah, I, I couldn't say it any better. I mean, those words are Again, one of those things that I cling to, and um, yeah, and it hits you. It, it hits you hard. Um, you know, maybe right after other things hit you, you know, dealing with the same thing. So yeah, it's uh, it's a challenge. But Scott Hall is one of the true all time greats. He'll be remembered as one of the true all time greats. One thing I haven't heard through all this is a bad story about Scott Hall, and you know, the internet would love to share a bad story. So. Um, he lived his life the way he wanted to, and, and he pushed the boundaries. He changed the business. He he, he blazed the trails, and and we're, the business, us as fans, us as those who are in the business, we're all better because of it, and and we all owe that to 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 wrestling's bad guy. I know there was a a gimmick that was out there today that a lot of people have shared on social media that I shared and I saved as well, where um, the Grim Reaper's coming to get Scott Hall. And he's like, was I, was I being a bad guy? And he's like, no, you were the bad guy. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. So we're not doing video yet, but behind Patrick O'Dowd, if you could see it, is a picture of from Ring of Honor of a wrestler by the name of El Generico. And I always think back to April of 2010, when Ring of Honor came out here to Phoenix. Plenty of people have heard the stories about the, the role I was fortunate enough to play in those two events that took place out here in Phoenix. And one of the things that we had to do that Friday was grab a van, drive to the hotel, um, which, by the way, there were two of the same hotel, one on East Thomas Road, one on West Thomas Road. We showed up at the one on West Thomas Road. Needed to be at the one on East Thomas Road, but we made that work. Um and and picked up a group of wrestlers and we're driving out and stopped at a like a CVS or a Walgreens or something for some people and people were getting out and this guy gets out and he's wearing a rugby shirt jeans he's skinnier than everybody else and he's got this this you know red hair he's wearing glasses he's got a red beard and, and I'm walking and you got the Briscoes getting off and the Rocky Romero and Steve Carino and uh and, and Alex Kozlov and all these people and I remember looking at Patrick and being like, who the hell's that guy? I'm thinking, is this like somebody's brother? Is this another Carino kid I didn't know about? Like, who the hell is this guy? And he's like, I tell Generico. 
Like I didn't, he knew right away. I didn't. Um, and, and the guy was this like the whole time he's talking about, I think it was Paul McCartney was going to be performing. Paul the McCartney area. was doing a concert right after WrestleMania. WrestleMania. In the air, I think it was in at the, Chase Field Phoenix. at the baseball yeah, it was stadium. Like nearby. And he was buying tickets and, from somebody locally, and he was like, is this person going to kill me? What's going on? They want to meet up somewhere to get tickets because he really wanted to go see this concert. From uh, Craigslist. I think he was yeah. a Craigslisting. And the rest of the wrestlers were ribbing him so hard on what this woman <laughs> was going to because I think it, was, it had been determined that it was a woman that was giving him the tickets. Yes. That she was going to demand certain favors. Patrick froze. He pulled a he pulled a Miranda. I did. Um what was the what was the last thing you heard? Certain favors. Favors. Certain favors. <laughs> certain favors. That that his life could be in danger and that he shouldn't go alone. And he actually approached us and asked us if we'd seen anybody at the venue looking for him, as if we knew who he was, which is then what prompted Greg as he walked away to be like, Who is this guy? And I was like, it's El Generico, man. Oh. And then he was and and then you got a good look at the beard and you're like, oh. Made perfect sense at that point. Made perfect sense. And you go on to have a tremendous impact on those events, as you we could all expect. Um and of course he he eventually leaves Ring of Honor, works some indie stuff, gets back, blows off his program with with, with Kevin Steen in a famous ladder match at Final Battle a couple years later. And then both those guys and, and bunches of other people that were on those events find their way to WWE, find their way to NXT, and thus Sami Zayn is born. And as we head into WrestleMania, of course, we know Sami Zayn in a very high-profile match with Johnny Knoxville after winning and immediately pretty much losing the Intercontinental Championship. And Patrick O'Dowd actually requested that we discuss the, the specific generic luchador behind him uh, better known now as Sami Zayn. So, Patrick, we're going to let you go first. Um, I know why you wanted to talk about Sami Zayn, but I'll let you kind of let the people know what is it about Sami Zayn that you feel is so important to discuss here and now on the road to WrestleMania? That he's fucking winning the WWE right now, and and I don't think people are recognizing it. I, I mean, that's kind of what we talked about before we jumped on to start recording there's just there's this fascinating narrative and it's it's a small collective of folks because you know my my reach is limited as to to what i see of people who somehow feel like one it's wrong that johnny knoxville is working a wrestlemania match even though that's just a blatant disregard for the history of wrestlemania and do you do you even do wwe at this point two that somehow Sami Zayn has been slighted, wronged, or mistreated because he immediately lost the Intercontinental title due to Johnny Knoxville. Never mind, folks, that if you jump on Twitter and follow Sami Zayn right now, we've got one of the most fun things going on as everybody has his phone number and he keeps posting screenshots of FaceTime calls interrupting me at different interrupting him at different points and my favorite being the latest one where he's in a bathtub um and it's just his head in the tub like it's like a bubble bath or whatever um 
and, and, and there's the screenshot of him just being like, leave me alone. And that this rivalry with Johnny Knoxville that people thought was going to be a one-off at Royal Rumble, for those of you who want, you know, lengthy storylines and, and, you know, long storytelling, this has been going since January and it's going to culminate at WrestleMania. How great is that? And how great is it for Sam, Sami Zayn and his character? And how perfect is he for this sort of, entertainment like this is entertaining shit and he's killing it and it's awesome and couldn't happen to a nicer guy like that and that's just it like a pre this is i guess this is as much a, a just a can we have a Sami Zayn appreciation episode and just talk about how great the, how great he's been um you know, even the WrestleMania, he's become this celebrity foil guy, right? Like Logan Paul now, Johnny Knoxville. Like I look forward to whatever low rent celebrity he fall he he gets to fall victim to next next week or next year. Like, cause I I think that that's a perfectly acceptable role. He's like a cheaper version of the Miz right now. Like he's like the dirty boots on the ground version of the Miz. He's the heel that um, gets to rub elbows with a different sort of a of fellow and everybody wants to see him lose. And it's just, it's great. And, and I think people are missing the boat on how good this has been for, for Sammy. I think, and, and how good, how much fun he appears to be having and enjoying his time with Johnny Knoxville. And that this is, this is overall a good thing. Period. And, and embrace it. Just embrace it. Miranda. I mean, it's a, I don't have a counterpoint. Like, it's, it's all valid stuff. I mean, you know, he has been a very entertaining. I've loved this, you know, this this revamp of, of Zami Zayn, you know, versus this liberator, conspiracy theorist, Sammy. Like, all of, I've been on board in all of these train cars that has been the Sami Zayn Express through, too. I feel like, of course, he is a very talented wrestler, of course. But he's also in the business of sports entertainment. And I feel like he's just been able to latch on and be so entertaining in the ways that make sense for him, too. You know, it's quirky, but it's also, I'm sure, shades of, of who he is and shades of what interests him. And I think that's just the best marriage of, you know, someone's personality, skills, uh, and genuine expression, you know, of their of their emotion in a way that, again, regardless of, of whether you like the characters or not, it makes you feel something. And that means he's doing his job well. And as we've talked about in the past, anytime WWE partners a wrestler with a celebrity, there's a high level of trust in that, that they trust that wrestler to work well with this celebrity because the celebrity doesn't have, you know, the background or, or the knowledge um, of the wrestling world. And so they're pretty much bringing in this wrestler to say, okay, you, you're you're responsible for this now, you know. You you, you are are part of this bigger story, and I think that the dynamic between Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn has been really fun, really really fun. And I I can't say anything really negative about it. Like, what's 
Why? Why? Like, what would be so negative? I mean, again, of course, the Zami Zayn that, that people knew back from NXT, you know, that that huge baby face, like all of that. That was a great Sami Zayn, too. But just as we see with everyone, it's an evolution. You know, that same Sami Zayn isn't going to come back, nor he should. He shouldn't come back. You know, he's an older, wiser person that, if anything, has has had fantastic matches, won championships. But he he knows enough to, to know he doesn't have to be that person anymore. And I don't and I hope fans don't expect him to be that person anymore. You stumbled upon something really, really brilliant there. And it wasn't my intention to to talk bad about AEW during the show, but here we go. Um, <laughs> everybody it wanted, happen, but it just happens. Just happens when his contract was coming up. Everybody talked about it. same with Kevin Owens. Everybody wanted him to go to AEW, and they wanted him to show. They wanted Kevin Owens to show up, be Kevin Steen, and and reunite Mount Rushmore with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. And they wanted Sami Zayn to go to AEW, put the mask back on from Tijuana, and be El Generico again. And I just realized something. You talked about it, all the evolution of all the characters in WWE. Nobody evolves in AEW. They just go do what they've always done. They're just characters and things that people loved, plucked, put in AEW, be the same thing. Like, that's all it is. That, that's, pretty the pretty only people who have evolved that. and changed their characters are ones that came out of WWE. Like Matt Hardy and Daniel Bryanson. And Daniel Bryanson. Daniel Bryan Danielson. And, and, you know, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Like, those are the and Chris Jericho. Those those are the brilliant performers who have evolved. And they all have come from WWE. So um, it it's you know and and Keith Lee couldn't evolve, and that's why he's back as limitless Keith Lee, basically in AEW, um, showing how limited he is. Ironically enough, and it's it's that just kind of shows like you talked about the evolution of Sami Zayn and how much we loved him in NXT and how much we loved him in Ring of Honor, and we did. You know, we, we loved El Generico and Ring of Honor. We loved everything that they did. Um, but yeah, you, he, he's evolved, and he's evolved into something better than that. And I think it's hard for a lot of people to swallow. I also Can think I that... Can I just that for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Because you, you hear all the time, and, and not to pile on AEW, but the, the concept of, you know, like creative freedom, and that, that there's like this big like vice grip on your creativity at the WWE... Are you telling me that Sami Zayn had no hand in the direction of his character? Almost everybody does. And I know, I know. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm helping you. Like, yes, that's the key to that, success in WWE. Take what they give you and make it even better. Take what they give, because then when they see you performing something, world's better than, than they, remember when Matt Riddle was riding around, quote unquote, forgetting his lines on, right. on a scooter? And then it was reported that he was written like that? But but it came off so Matt Riddle-ish, there's no other way to tell you, that people thought it was, he really screwed up. And really it was written that way. Right. And 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 I believe a report like that because it was actually a report praising WWE. So it's probably right. Um, well, it's, and, and that's, that's the thing why, I, like, I don't understand why people, you know, lose their shit over a name change. Like, yeah, or, it's, you know, or yeah, like, you do. know, people lost their shit over Braun Breaker, then immediately embraced him and are now pissed that he's not the champion anymore. Like, right. that's that's the fickle sadness of the IWC. People are mad about the name Butch because it's what Butch like he, he like we don't even know where the character is going to go. What, he, like, whether you think the name is stupid or not, right. like 
You know who did a great job of running with just goofy ass gimmicks and and making the most out of them? I mean, I can think of like eighteen Certain... different people. Well, but, yeah. but there's one I used to talk about all the time. And he's currently a free agent, and everybody thinks he's showing up every week on Raw right now. And that's Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, yeah. Like, Cody Rhodes took the dashing gimmick and made it everything he possibly could. He took Stardust, and he dove hard into that, so much so that he was frustrated when they wouldn't let him go further. Um, so those are the people that, that make it, and that's why Sami Zayn is making it. That's why Kevin Owens is making it. Cody Rhodes um, did such a good job. He had everybody believing he was an executive in the world of pro wrestling. It, it's amazing how good he was yeah. at playing these characters. Oh, wow. But he's a great performer. And when he comes back here in the next few weeks, it's, it's going to be fantastic with him and Seth Rollins. But here's the other thing about Sami Zayn. Everybody wants him to leave. You said it, Patrick, especially. He's obviously happy. He's obviously thrilled. Right. I also firmly believe, and he's kind of said this, and this comes up again with another point, I think he's happy doing what he's doing, but even happier because the platform it gives him for Sammy for Syria, which right. is more important to him. I talked about with Scott Hall, right? Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Leaving that legacy behind, and here he is leaving a legacy behind for something he so believes in. He doesn't, can't perform in Saudi Arabia for these reasons, and, and all that he's doing, all the hard work he's doing. When he was injured, I mean, they were playing videos of him promoting Sammy for Syria when he was out injured completely out of character and WWE was supporting him in, in this endeavor. Um, so, and, and so and he gets to resign a contract and make millions of dollars while still doing all of this. Like it's a no brainer. Here's the other thing. And I've been saying this for years and no one believes me and maybe I'll end up being wrong. I firmly believe he has a Daniel Bryan babyface run in him still. I do. Yeah. Because of how over he is right now. Because he could still be El Generico without the mask. He, he, he was when he was the babyface in WWE and NXT. He could still be that and, and get a mega push and possibly even to an underdog world champion. Would he be it for long? No. The, the best thing that ever happened to that version of Daniel Bryan was having to drop the title because the story was over when he, when he won at WrestleMania 30. And, and then when he was able to do it again, it was as a heel. Um, but it, it's all of his other big time runs were as a heel. Sammy, I think, can do that because I believe he would captivate an audience's imagination, and that's what it takes. That's what Daniel Bryan did, um, and I believe that that Sammy Zayn could do that as well. Um, and, and who knows? I mean, could you imagine a story where where the bloodline is just continually beating the crap out of Sammy Zayn, he's having a fight from underneath? Huge! He'd be yeah. a megastar. And Johnny Knoxville's helping him at some point. Like, like these are the things that would happen. And and yeah, he's in the perfect place for him. He should never go to AEW or anything like that. And he's going to be in a high-profile match at WrestleMania. Higher than he would have been defending the Intercontinental Championship against somebody. I, I, I feel yeah, like I need to ask right, Miranda a question because she's frozen on video, but I don't know if she's frozen on audio. It, it's all, uh, of, the, it's all of the Skype problems today. Yeah, it is. It is. Everybody's been freezing. I cut out. It's all good. It's all good. I do want to pose one thing to you guys, and it really kind of wraps both these topics up together. Um, and, and you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll even uh, we'll even do it do it proper. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. 
Sami Zayn did lose the Intercontinental Championship to Ricochet on SmackDown. And after, you know, winning it from, from Shinsuke Nakamura. Of course, Nakamura, Rick Boogs, challenging the Usos. That's a big part of why Shinsuke had to drop that title because you need to have Rick Boogs at WrestleMania. Like, the character is over. You need to have Pat McAfee dancing on the table. You'll notice Rick Boogs' match and Pat McAfee's match are on different nights, so McAfee can be in commentary. I mean, it all makes sense. And when Butch, you know, debuted Pete Dunne on SmackDown, it was reported that the the storyline there was going to be Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Pete Dunne against the New Day at WrestleMania. And we don't know what's going to happen with that now, thanks to, to the injury, uh, you know, to, to Big E and, and the break in his neck. Um, and I saw, I can't claim, you know, originality for this idea, but with Ricochet as Intercontinental Champion and the passing of Scott Hall, how can you not have an Intercontinental Championship ladder match at WrestleMania? Uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen that thrown out there all over the place. I think it's I think it's a good idea. I think it's such an easy idea and such an easy thing yeah. to just do it. Yeah, I don't I don't think. Of course, now that we're saying, oh yes, they should totally do this, they won't. But right, I, I I've heard yeah because I've seen people suggesting like a four corner ladder match, mm-hmm. like uh, you know multiple folks. Honestly, for my money, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a true throwback, and I understand why you do like a four corner because yeah. you know there's it gets more people involved, but you know the he, they did the first one, you know one on one, you know even though Bret Hart likes to claim that it was his idea. Um, well, he was really like in the first it, one, but yeah, right. I would love to see it be a one on one match with Rick, Ricochet and someone else. I get I get like putting as many people as possible in yeah. there. Um, but to, you could, I mean, and all those performers around Ricochet and Kofi Kingston. I know they're both babyfaces, but yep. imagine that ladder match. Oh, God. Ricochet and Sheamus. Ricochet and Pete Dunne. You know, or, because yep. honestly what I thought when Big E was out was that they wouldn't have Ricochet defend. He would just team with the New Day against this threesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you could still involve everybody. Say the match was Ricochet versus Kofi Kingston versus Sheamus. You still got Xavier Woods out there. You still got Ridge Holland out there. You still got Pete Dunne out there. It's, you know, you could do that way too. You could have a triple threat ladder match at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Um, I could see it. I could definitely see it See it taking place and, and it'll be interesting to see. And we'll probably know. We're only a few weeks away. We've got SmackDown on Friday. We'll probably know. But uh, food for thought and, and it would be a great, you know, way to further memorialize Scott Hall and maybe, you know, your WWE, you got billions of video packages, right? Right before that ladder match, you show highlights of Shawn Michaels and, and, and Scott Hall with, with Shawn Michaels talking about the match. You know, you do that. Um, and, and maybe, crazy enough as, as it is to even circle back in a prior conversation, maybe this is enough to entice a certain Johnny Gargano back to WWE. Who knows? I'm not just saying. I'm just saying. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. It's the road to WrestleMania. We get to have a lot of fun. Who the hell knows? And with that, we will complete our run here this week on the Greg DeMarco Show. We hope you've enjoyed our conversations. 
We talked about non-wrestling stuff in the beginning. We took our Scott Hall conversation very personally, which hopefully you can appreciate that because everybody's going to talk about Scott Hall's career in the coming weeks on podcast, and that's great. Um, but but we're human beings, and that's why you listen to this show, and that's why uh, our shows are, you know, really good and so much better than a lot of the other ones. Um, and I'm not talking about the ones in the network. I'm talking about there's a million and a half wrestling podcasts. This is how you stand out, but. We do thank you for listening. My name, of course, is Greg DeMarco at Chairshot Greg on all of your forms of social media. He is the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. He is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T on the Twitter. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist and there is one in Patrick for the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. He dipped, of course, you all remember he dipped back under 500. I tweeted, got him back over 500. I'm assuming he's still there now, so... No. No. no, and and there's there's no tweet recovery this time because they purged the rolls pretty hard. I'm all the way down to 468. Oh no! Oh. I went oh, from 502 no. to 468. Holy so, crap! That's got to be like a record. Help, help me, Twitterverse. No, help kidding. me, real person, Twitterverse, because yeah. I've tasted success. You're his only hope. Just like getting bounced in the first round. Oh, the NCAA tournament. I, I got to get back. I, I got to get back. You do, and you will. Wow, four sixty-eight. I'm looking at it right now. That was that it. Was it was, well. a, it was a devastating, devastating blow Man, to the ego. It was fun while it lasted. That's for sure. So, All day. All day. And you can follow her on the Instagram and the Facebook, but not the Twitter. Because she is the Twitterless heroine. It is the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales, at the hashtag Miranda, Miranda spelled, or the Miranda spelled out, of course. Hashtag also spelled out in the hashtag Miranda. Follow the website at Chairshot Media for the Chairshot.com, where, of course, we remind you to, to do things right and uh, always use your head. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Who knows what the wrestling world will bring us next week, but we'll be right back here with you to discuss this crazy world that we love so much. Maybe we'll be talking about basketball. Maybe we'll be talking about something else. Who knows? But it will be entertaining as always. Until then, we appreciate you listening, and we will see you right back here next week on The Greg DeMarco Show. Just remember, always use your head. If you asked Razor how he was doing, the standard response was, better than you, Chico. I learned that when I stepped through that curtain, that I could have a relationship as a performer with an audience. And it was a powerful thing to me, whether I was the hated villain or the beloved hero. And that was something that I've always treasured. So thank you to all the wrestling fans here. And all the fans watching around the world. In my lifetime, I've learned 
Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.